Welcome to another inspirational message from Northwest Church. We pray this message encourages and inspires you. If you would like any more information on what your next step may be, please visit our website at northwestchurch.com.au. So t- tonight we are going to go through some um, uh, teaching. We will go through the Word of God. And then because we have overflow, we will have healing service, or we are already in the healing service. Today is our last day of our 21 days of fasting. So we are really expectant. We believe that God is going, he's already started to heal. He has already started, and we will see manifestations today. We will see manifestations. Um, we are going to, after the message, we are going to sing one song, and during that song, if you are new, if you are just visiting, and you feel like you don't, you, you're not comfortable staying for prayer, you can just, uh, it will be okay, just we can go to the foyer, we have some coffee there, some biscuits, and other stuff, and chat, some people will be there to chat with you, because we are not going to break the atmosphere, we are going to continue, it will be a connection. We normally, we normally break and then people go and the others stay, we are not doing that tonight. So if you have a visitor that you invited to church and you think, uh, they may be, uh, they may, would like to, I, I prefer to use positive words, positive language. They would prefer to leave, so you just um, help them to, to leave. But the rest, we can just continue because we'll have prayer, intense moments of prayer. We don't know how God will lead it. We'll be free to pray and receiving our miracles tonight. Are we ready? Are you ready? Great, I love that. Please, you, I, I want that response. Because today is a different, it's a day of celebration. It's a day of victory. We can't be uh, civil. Today, we need to be wild and aggressive to receive because we are, we've just finished the battle and we've just won the battle in the name of Jesus. Great. Tonight, we are going to talk about healed by grace through faith. We are healed by grace through faith. I found some good cartoons. Can you see that? That, It looks great. It inspires you. I feel you are inspired to see that. Jesus and praying for you. You are the one on your knees. I've seen so many strange healings and miracles through through days. I'm, I'm, I'm not talking about on TV. It's one thing to see things on TV. It's another thing to be there when it's happening. So I've seen miracles happening. And when I was a child, I knew a man who, who in our neighborhood, who, who was mute. He couldn't speak. And when we met him on the street, we used signs to talk to him. We could say hi just by saying signs, and he would answer to us. And he was, he was mute, and everybody knew that that man is mute um, in our area. And then he was invited, he came to church, he came to, to our church, and uh, um, he was called in front by the preacher, we had a, a guest speaker, he came, he asked, him to, he asked the whole church to raise our hands toward him, and we prayed for him, and after the prayer, he was given the microphone, everybody was expectant, I think we will do something crazy like this tonight. Yes, uh, I'm ready for anything. Like, I believe God can do more than what you can imagine. 
Because when you laughed, I've understood already that your faith does not believe it can happen here. It can happen here. It can happen here. They gave, they gave him the microphone, a mute person. Then they asked, say Yesu, which means Jesus in Swahili. And he said, Yesu. The first word in his life. And I was there. I was 11 years old. They say, say God. They say God. I am translating. Say father. said father. Say mother. said father. Mother. And every word they asked him to repeat, he repeated. I, that day, I changed the way I knew God. I knew that anything is possible with God. We all knew that man. We all knew that he couldn't talk. He was not faking it. Because for years, we knew him. And that day, he could speak. And from, not only that day, from that day, he started to speak. He did not learn how to speak. It just came. And he knew how to say all words. He knew the word. He couldn't just say them. I believe that whatever miracle recorded in the Bible can be repeated in our generation. I believe it can be repeated in this generation. God is real. Miracles are real. Divine healing is real. It is real. Some people in the Bible were healed by grace. Jesus found them. He had compassion on them. And he healed them without even asking them to believe or not. There are some cases like that in the Bible. People who were healed just by grace. Without the word faith after. <laughs> by compassion. Just God had compassion on them. They didn't know him yet. They didn't believe yet. But he just did something and he healed them. It's true. Thank you, Pastor Lee. It's true. However, they are the majority of people, which is not among those few who were just healed by grace, the majority of them, they knew who Jesus was. They ran to him. They applied their faith. They anticipated healing from Jesus. They trusted God. They went to Jesus and received healing to Jesus. Those are, those are, those are the majority of, of those we know received healing in the Bible. They went to Jesus believing for healing, and they received it. So this is the kind of people we are going to talk about tonight. We are going to call for a healing. Okay, we call this a healing service. So we are doing the same. We are running to Jesus. We claim healing. We receive healing. We, we are desperate for healing tonight. Just like those people who run to Jesus. You can imagine a lady who has been losing blood for, they call the lady of an issue of blood. That's her name in the Bible. She's the only person without a name. The lady with an issue of blood ran to Jesus, desperate for healing, just to touch the garments. That's how I want us to be tonight. Desperate for healing. So we are here. We are ready to run to him. We trust him as a healer. Most divine healing I've seen, I've heard of, I've read about, were initiated by faith. There were situations where Jesus asked people if they believed before he healed them. Do you believe? Okay, then God, Jesus healed. And there were other people Jesus healed first. Then he said, your faith has healed you. So he saw the faith. 
He healed, then he said, this is why you are healed. Because there was faith. And there were other people who did not receive healing because they did not have faith. In his own town, he did not perform any major miracle because they did not believe him. So they missed out because of faith. So faith, lack of faith, faith before, faith after, it was there. Faith is the bridge between the sick person and their healing. Faith is the bridge between you and your miracle. Faith is the only currency that can do transaction with God. God does not take dollars. When you do business with God, leave your Australian dollars at home or in the bank. Yes, it doesn't take even American dollars, even pounds. God takes only faith to do business with him. The Bible says without faith, it is impossible to please God. Impossible to please God. So what is faith? How can one get faith? Is faith a magic code that you enter in your phone or a magic power that you receive? What is faith? Let's, let's go into that. Hebrew 11, 1 to 13. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commanded for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. Faith is in the present tense. It receives now. It acts now. It speaks now. So I'm bringing your faith here. Because some of you may be here thinking, no, we will pray today, then I will go receive my healing at home. No, we are, to, we are saying we are praying now and we are receiving now. Faith receives now. It saves now, it heals now, it restores now, it blesses now. In other words, let's say this, faith is the unshakable confidence in the reality of the unseen unshakable confidence in the reality of the unseen. It's not having an idea about it, about the unseen, or being informed about the, the, the unseen, but it's rather having an unshakable confidence in it. It is the certainty of God's yet fulfilled promises. Certainty. The promise is unseen, and the certainty is faith. What is unseen is therefore the basis of faith. You don't see it, but you believe it's there. You don't feel it, you believe it's there. That faith. As soon as something becomes tangible, it doesn't require faith anymore. Or it's not an object of faith anymore. If you can see it. So don't ask me, where is Jesus tonight? Or where is healing tonight? We can't see it. But by faith we receive it. We don't need to see smoke or thunders that will not require faith anymore because we can see it. When we don't see any sign, we believe Jesus is here, we receive healing. You don't need to see to believe. Verse 2 says, I will read the message version. The act of faith is what distinguished our ancestors, set them above the crowd. All the men and women of faith we know were humans just like us. 
The only thing that set them above the crowd is the fact that they chose to live like God is right and everybody else a liar. They acted like God's words was telling the truth. Uh, we, think we, we think we believe God's word is telling the truth. Do we act like that? Do we act like the God's word is true and your doctor is wrong? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They, they acted. They knew God's promise. Then they chose to live like it was true. Faith is living like God's word is true. Verse 3 says, By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command, so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. Okay. God has faith in himself. That, that's why he created, because he believes in himself. He formed the universe out of the unseen because he had faith in himself. Then he said, let there be light. He believed in his ability to make light appear. That's why he said, let there be light. He, if he didn't believe in himself, he couldn't say it. So he believed, okay, I can make this happen. Then he said, okay, let there be light. And then it happened. Do you understand faith? Faith, God believes in God. Good, we are together. We are going somewhere. God believes in God. Good. Not the son believes in the father. No, the father believes in himself. Good, we are together. Believing in Jesus requires believing in his, his ability. You don't just believe him as a savior. You believe in him as the healer. You believe in him. As the restorer. You believe in him as the creator. You believe in everything he says he can do. That's believing in Jesus. If we want to experience miracles, we just need to believe in God the same way he believes in himself. If you want to see miracles, you just need to know how God believes in himself and apply the same principle. And believe in him the way he believes in himself. So to be fair, because that now brings attention. Like how am I going to believe in God the way he believes in himself? No, let, let's be fair. God does not expect you to believe in him out of your own strength. Faith is not a human capacity. You cannot buy faith. You cannot manufacture it. Faith is a gift from God. Uh, I see some, some people now relax. Oh, I don't have that gift. Praise God. That's why. That's why. Oh, thank you. So um, those people have gifts. I don't have it. No. You do. You have it because God has given to every believer faith. He says like this. Paul says in Romans chapter 12, verse 3. For by the grace given me, I said to every one of you, do not think of yourself more, more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has di distributed to each of you. Some, we are not going to argue about oh, a measure or the measure. Or that, okay, the or a, there is a presence of faith. So don't, let's go into that. That is for another day. A debate about which version is right. 
King James says, the measure of faith. NIV says, a measure of faith. At the end of the day, every believer has faith. Without A or the. (laughs) So you have faith. Every one of us, God has given to each one of us the ability to trust the future he has designed for us. Every one of us has that ability. The size of that ability does not matter. It is the presence of it that moves God. The size of your faith does not matter. It is the presence of it in you that moves God. Remember, faith is God's ability in you to believe in him the way he believes in himself. So he gives you the ability to believe in himself the way he believes in himself. That is called faith. And you have it. If you have believed in Jesus Christ, you have faith. So we are not talking about something, some mysterious power that only Pastor Brown and Pastor Darren have and Pastor Mike has some all of it. No, no. He's talking about something that all of us in this room, we have. Faith. Hallelujah. Jesus confirmed that the size of our faith does not matter when he said in Matthew chapter 17, verse 20, He replied, because you have so little faith, truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. If you have a faith like a mustard seed. We went to Hillsong Conference 2017. They gave to each one of us an envelope, a small envelope with a mustard seed inside. It's really small. Very tiny seed. And Jesus is saying, it's not the size that matters. As long as you have the presence of faith in you, you can tell a mountain, move. You can tell your sickness, move. You can tell your challenge, move. And it will move tonight. So we are not talking about something mystified that only those who spend night and night of prayer can do. We are talking about something you can make happen. You can make it happen. You can make it happen. It is important to understand that little faith was never a barrier for a miracle to happen. So let me give you a reference of that. When, 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 I won't read this because of time, but in Matthew chapter 14, 25 to 31, when Jesus was walking on water and Peter saw him, Peter and the friends, they saw Jesus, they were afraid, and then, okay, it's Jesus. And then in verse 28, Peter said to Jesus, Tell me to come to you on on the water. If it's you, tell me to come. Jesus just replied to Peter's request. Come. That means he confirms it's him. It's not Jesus who said to Peter to walk on the water. Understand the request was, if it's you, tell me to come. Jesus did not say, come. I'm telling you to come because it's me. No, he was just answering. He was confirming Peter's faith. That come. That means it's me. He was just affirming that. And Peter walked on water. And then something happened. Immediately, 2029, when Peter saw the wind, no, 30, but when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink. So he was not sinking because he lacked faith. He was sinking because he was afraid. 
So it's not lack of faith that made him sink. It is fear that made him sink. And then Jesus told him, You of little faith, 31, he said, Why did you doubt? So Jesus recognized that there is little faith and that there is doubt in the same person. There was little faith before he walked on water, and there was little faith after walking on water. The only thing happened in between was fear came in with both of them. Doubt does not replace faith in your heart. Doubt is a negative power that is going in one direction, and faith is another power going in the other direction. They just pull each other, and then they don't move. That's what happens. Doubt is, fear is just something that pulls faith, and faith is trying to go this way to make it happen, and doubt is going this way to make it not happen, and then they stay there. And then it doesn't happen. You start to sink. Both of them can coexist in your heart. So when people say, oh, I want bigger faith, um, look at them and say, no, you don't need any bigger faith. Jesus has never said, pray for bigger faith or receive bigger faith or increase your faith to make things happen. He never said that. He just said, if you have as little as a mustard seed. So it's the presence that matters of faith in you and the absence of doubt, the absence of fear. That can make things happen. Good, we are together. So, I'm going to talk about four attitudes the enemy uses to nullify your faith. Like, there is faith that wants to make things happen on your right. And there are four attitudes, there may be many, but I'll just mention four, that are pulling your faith. I will be quick because of time. I was trying to find words to explain this attitude, but... All these words in the Bible and in the dictionaries are like they, they overlap. They mean the same thing. And they, so I will just give you words in context. Uh, please don't, don't say, ah, I know that's that, that not the meaning. That, no, it's just the context. Follow the context and we will, we, will end to, we will end together. First thing that the enemy uses is doubt as we read. Doubt feeds on lack of information. In the context I'm talking about, ignorance. So this means, like, like Thomas believed that Jesus was the son of God. That's why he was following him. He was following him. Thomas believed Jesus. He believed that Jesus will die and he will rise again. He believed that story. I think that's why he, was, he kept following him. But yet when Jesus, when he was told that Jesus has finally been raised from the dead, Thomas did not believe. He believed that it will happen, but he did not have enough information to confirm. That is true. And that's why he kept doubting. So until I sit, until I have enough information, I'm not going to surrender. And we are like that sometimes. We doubt because we, we just need more, more proof that God is real. We want more proof that God can heal. So until we get them, no, we're not going to do it. We're not going to receive any healing because we, we don't know until we see more, until, until pastors can prove to me that Jesus can heal in this generation, then I'm not going to believe it. 
So doubt is one of the things that are pulling your faith on one side while faith is trying to make things happen. It's okay to doubt, but it's dangerous to believe in your doubt. It's okay. You can doubt as a human being. You can research. You can, you, because when you doubt, you, you search for more. Eh? You want to know. But don't believe in your doubt. When you believe in your doubt, it leads to unbelief. So you believe in something else than what God is saying. So that will lead us to the second word. Unbelief is the second attitude that the enemy uses. So we are growing. Unbelief. In Mark chapter 9, verse 17 to 24, there is a story of a, of a man who brought his son to Jesus. And he, he brought them, and then he brought them to the disciples first. They tried to deliver the son. The son couldn't, uh, the disciple couldn't do it, and it was hard. And then they brought him to Jesus, and Jesus say, uh, called them and have a, had a conversation with them. I'm not going to go into the conversation because of time. But he asked uh, the, the father of, of, this, of, the, of the boy in verse 21, um, 21, 23, 23 says, everything is possible for one who believes. I'm going faster. 20, uh, 24, immediately the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe, help me overcome my unbelief. Two similar, like contradictory words in one sentence. I believe, help me overcome my unbelief. So he had both. He had belief that Jesus can heal. At the same time, he believes in his doubt. What does that mean? It means when you have another information that is not what God is saying, you believe in it. Your doctor's report can be another information. What your boss said to you, I'm firing you tomorrow. It's it's the fact that you've heard that. Like Satan uses fact. Jesus uses the truth. When God says to you, I will heal you, don't listen to your pain. Don't listen to the doctor's report. Don't listen to, I'm not saying we, will go to, we are going to ignore sicknesses. No, I'm not crazy. I know. Nobody in the Bible has preached that we should ignore sicknesses. Even David said, when, even where I go through the valley of, you know, he knew that it happens. The only thing was he did not allow that to overtake him. Do you see the difference? So doubt is dangerous. Doubt. And then it, 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 brings, it brings birth to unbelief. Unbelief is when you believe in any other information. And, and, and let, me, let, me, let me be honest. In the West, technology has done well. Because we have great, great doctors and great machines that we can cure almost every disease we think of. However, we're still humans. So we have believed so much in science that we have forgotten even God can heal. When science says it's impossible, we are broken. So if what, that's where our faith is. If, if science says you are gone. You are dead. That day, you just start to prepare your own. Just prepare. Tell your wife, just start to, yeah, prepare. (laughs) I'm going, writing your will. Why? Because you believe in science. 
You believe in medicine. You believe in the government. You believe, and, and I'm not judging. I'm just saying that human beings, there is another information that you rely upon, which is a fact that is contrary to the word of God. It's called unbelief. God can still use human wisdom. I'm not against going to the doctor. He, in fact, he inspired it. God gave us science to solve the things that we can solve with science. But at the same time, he doesn't want us to replace science by him. He wants us to know science is a gift from him, and he is still God. He can decide to overpower science and heal without the use of science. So I'm not saying, oh, we shouldn't go to the doctor. We shouldn't believe. Stop taking your medication. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, what is your faith? In God or in your medication? So tonight we are going to overpower science and speak the word of God. God can do it. Unbelief is believing facts instead of truth. Then when you believe in something else, rather than God's word, to the point where you anticipate it to happen, you create fear. So you doubted, you believed in your doubt, it became unbelief. Unbelief, unbelief, then you begin now, because you've believed in, in your unbelief so much, now you are anticipating it to happen to you. It, cro- it creates fear. So fear is the belief. It's, it's, it's another belief. You believe that it will happen. Fear feeds on the anticipation of worse. When you anticipate, anticipate worse, when you doubt, then you believe in your doubt, then you begin to anticipate things to go wrong, you welcome fear. According to some theologians, they say, do not fear, or similar to that is 365 times in the Bible. Some other theologian says, oh, it's 70 times in the Bible. Let's, let's stick to 70, the small number. 60 or 50. God says in the Bible 50 times, do not fear. Is that a small number? As a command, not as a suggestion. 50 times, do not fear. Again, do not fear. Everyone for every day of the month, do not fear. So God knew that we will face situations that we can cause fear. But he said, do not fear. God does not want us to spend our lives preoccupied by the next worst thing that may happen to us. Every day you're just expecting something will go wrong with me. In my business, in my health, in my marriage, something may go wrong. That's not the lifestyle God wants for us. Why anticipate something to go wrong? David said, even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. Faith finds God's word, believes it, speaks it, and acts upon it. Find it. Believe it. Speak it. Act upon it. There's so many information coming, come, coming to you to destroy your life. Find the word of God. Believe it. Speak it. Act upon it. That faith. That faith. 
When God says you are healed, don't look at your medical report. When he says you are blessed, don't look at your bank account. When he says you are restored, don't say, I haven't seen her back to me. She hasn't called me yet, but uh, he hasn't called me back. It's restored. God has spoken. Faith receives now. It receives now. If she calls you, then it's not faith anymore. Then it has happened. Faith acts in the unseen. The unseen. The unseen. You don't see it. You don't see it. You believe it. That faith. God created from the unseen. He spoke a word. When you choose to reject God's word, you hear it, you reject it, you welcome disbelief. The fourth one. Disbelief feeds on disobedience. It's a choice to, re- to reject God's word. When you say, ah, God cannot heal. Oh, God cannot heal today. Oh, God cannot heal now. God cannot heal through Pastor Mike or through Pastor Braun. Pastor I know he, I saw her growing here. She grew just behind my, my backyard. I know her. Then, that disbelief. Because you are now rejecting what God says he can do. He can heal through all of us. He can heal through you. So tonight, not because I'm standing here that you are going to be healed. I'm not the healer. Jesus is the healer. Nobody is a healer in this room. None of us. Jesus is here to heal you. You just need to believe it that he's here to heal and receive it. It doesn't matter who is leading. I'm standing here to lead the session, not to heal anybody. And I don't have any power. I just have a small faith like a mustard seed. That's what brought me here. Like I'm standing here because I have a bastard seat. Thank you for his own conference. (laughs) They gave it to me. (laughs) No, no, just joking. (laughs) Now, how do we apply faith? We receive faith by grace, but we apply it by choice. You receive it as a gift from God, and you can decide to keep it inside. You apply it by choice. You decide when to apply. You can choose to believe in fear or in doubt or unbelief or disbelief. Or God can do this. God's word. I will stand upon God's word. You already have faith. You have received faith from God. You believe that Jesus can heal. You believe that Jesus has healed before. Do you believe he will heal you today? That's where the problem is. Most Christians believe God can do it. Believing that they can do it for me now is the problem. I'm bringing it here now. Believe that he can heal you now and here. Jeremiah 33, 6. Nevertheless, I will bring health and healing to it. I will heal my people and will let them enjoy abundant peace and security. This is the word for you. God is saying, I will heal you. I will heal my people. If you don't have a word to stand upon, stand upon that one. I know a lady who brought the actual Bible. Put it down. God, I'm standing upon your word. Heal me. If you need to do that with your iPad, just do it. Don't use mine. But use yours. God, I'm standing upon your word. Heal me today. 
and do it. This is the word of God. I want you to believe it today. If you're struggling with doubt, I'm giving you this information. God is willing to heal you, and he wants to do it now. Now. If you're struggling with unbelief, I want you to know that Jesus is willing to help your unbelief. Just like he did the other man in the Bible. Too much information can be detrimental. Too much information. You went, when you felt some pain here, you went on Google, pain on right shoulder. They brought a list, cancer, 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 cancer. Jesus, help me. Tomorrow, next appointment with the doctor. I have pain here, and I think I'm not sure why. Too much information. Why not just believe God can heal you? And again, I'm not saying it's wrong to go to the doctor. I'm saying, what do you believe in? If your problem is fear, remember that fear is a belief. The more you anticipate worse, the the worse, the more you draw it to yourself. What you fear most happens to you. That is in the Bible. Job said it. What I fear most happened to me. So it's for your own benefit to stop fearing. Because you are drawing, you are attracting that thing to happen to you. It's a belief. It has the same power as faith. It draws things to happen. Fear. Stop fearing. Fear not. It's a command. God knew why he said it 70 times or 365, depending on which school you went to. Do not fear. Finally, if your problem is disbelief, God is calling you with arms open wide. He he loves you. He loves you. Even if you choose to reject his word, he wants you healed. He wants you healed. He wants to save you. He wants to give you rest. Hey again, thanks so much for joining us on this podcast. Whether you are new and exploring faith or a follower of Jesus, there is a next step for you. There is always room to grow, more to be done, destiny to be pursued, and people to be reached. So what's your next step? To find out, head over to northwestchurch.com.au. And thanks again for listening.